0: just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient, comfortable. Ah. On this show, I have talked at length about the importance of eating enough protein, but sometimes eating protein throughout the day can be a challenge. However, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts and is the perfect addition to your day. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which we all need in our diet. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kids or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Thank you for tuning into Balance Black Girl. My name is Les. I am your host, and we are moving through the Manifestation and Inner Magic series. I really hope you've enjoyed it so far. I know these interviews were conversations that I really enjoyed having, so I hope that it's been a good experience for you listening. I'm popping in with a solo episode answering some of your questions about manifestation and Sharing some of my personal experiences with manifestation. Now, I would not consider myself a manifestation expert by any means, but I've learned a lot about it and I've seen and experienced it in some very real ways. I also want to say before we get into kind of the meat of this episode, I apologize if there's any background noise that happens. I record this podcast at home and Right about now, my apartment and neighborhood and neighbors are just really not caring <laughs> that I'm a podcaster um, trying to create high-quality audio content here. There's just a lot of things going on in my building, and so um, I'm so sorry if there is any background noise. I'm really going to try my best to minimize it, uh, but I appreciate your understanding and grace with this uh, very lean operation that is made with love for you each week. All right, so let's get into the episode. So, I will say a lot of content and conversations about manifestation are very general and a little gaslighty and don't necessarily feel applicable. <laughs> to real life, especially for us as black and brown people. So the oppressions that we have faced are incredibly real. They're structural, they run deep, and experiencing those things does not make us low vibrational. We also can't positive think our way out of oppression and the systems that do a very good job at oppressing us. That rhetoric is really harmful, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that. So I'm gonna talk about some of the, the ways manifestation has kind of moved in my life, big and small. I'm gonna share kind of what I've learned, how I've experienced it, and then also integrating some of the questions that I've gotten from you all via Instagram about manifestation. So first I wanna talk a little bit about my manifestation journey or how I became interested in manifestation. So I first learned the term in probably 2011 or 2012. At that time, I was fresh out of college. I was already feeling (laughs) not that great about the path I was on in life in terms of career and personal life. I just, I was already kind of not, not feeling aligned on that path that I was on. And I was seeking, um, I don't want to say guidance, but I was just, I was seeking kind of experiences from people who have felt the same thing and found their way. So that was when I started following people like Marie Forleo and Gabrielle Bernstein. Actually during that time, I started reading Gabrielle Bernstein's books and that was actually the first time I heard the term manifestation. I think the first book that I read of hers Was Spirit Junkie, and then I read, and I'm blanking on the title something about the Ing. (laughs) This is gonna sound ridiculous, but if you look up Gabrielle Bernstein's books, there's a book about the Ing. That's not the real title. I'll think of it and put it in the show notes, but. Those were two books that I read during that time and that was the first time I was introduced to the term manifestation. Um, Before that I kind of assumed that everything that happened was by happenstance and that I didn't really play a role in anything that happened in my life. I thought everything just kind of happened to me and I had to sit and take it and though Those teachers that I just mentioned are white women, and a lot of things from their perspectives do not align. It was the first time that I thought, maybe I have a say in some of the things that are happening in my life. Maybe I can kind of course correct when it comes to these paths, And I began viewing myself and life very differently in a good way. During that time, I began taking more risks. I began thinking more about the outcomes to my decisions and actions. And when I looked at the places in life where I was, the jobs that I was unhappy in, the relationships that I was in that were unfulfilling, the environments that I was in that was unfulfilling, I started doing kind of... uh, reverse engineering to look at what my actions were that supported that situation, that helped get me there. And that was when I started really understanding how much my energy and what I put out in the world does truly matter. So I started thinking a lot more about the outcomes of my decisions and actions and the seeds that I really planted during that time largely led me to the path that I'm on today. And the more I learned about manifestation, The more I realized I'd actually been manifesting my entire life. We all have those moments where things come together and we can't explain why or how those opportunities that fall into our laps and are exactly what we need when we need them. Um, and I will say for me personally, I feel like faith and manifestation are very intertwined. So my personal relationship with God is very important to me. And so I don't think that, you know, manifestation replaces God by any means. actually think that I use manifestation as the term of what happens when I'm ready to receive uh, the blessings that God has in store for me. That's how I like to think of it. So when my actions align with what it is that I desire and I'm in a place to receive, that is when those things come through. And I started being able to recognize examples of ways I was manifesting even as a child. And so I want to share some of those examples um, of childhood manifestation. The first was a story from when I was about 16 years old. When I was 16, I had my driver's license for, gosh, probably one or two weeks. I actually took my driver's test right before I turned 16, and then on my 16th birthday, I was able to actually go into the DMV and get the physical license. So I did not have the best driving skills at that time by the time school started, you know, like a week or two after I had turned 16. So after school, I went to the gas station to get gas before having to go to volleyball practice. I had a friend in the car with me, which you were not supposed to do. I don't know what it's like in other states, but in Washington at that time, you had to have your license for at least six months before you could drive around other minors who weren't a sibling. So... (laughs) Just got my license, already had questionable driving skills, immediately breaking rules. And we went to this gas station that was like a block away from school. Uh, Being the excellent new driver that I was, I turned too wide as I was approaching the gas pump. And I basically just hit the gas pump. I just drove... right into it. It's not, it's not funny, but it is. um, Anyway, I promise that is the only time that's ever happened. Now I'm actually a very good driver, but I hit this pump and it is visibly damaged, even though my car is fine. And I'm like, this is, (laughs) this is not ideal. It's, it's like the third day of school. I literally just turned 16. I got my license a week ago, I'm already breaking rules and damaging property. So I tell my friend, get out the car. I'm like, girl, bye, go back to school. I'll see you at practice, maybe, uh, but I'm gonna stay behind and figure something out. So she basically runs away, and the woman working at the gas station comes out and is like, well, we're gonna need to call the police and report this. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that no, that's not gonna work for me. So I convince this woman to wait on calling the police, and I'm like, can I just call my dad, he works nearby, and have him come check things out? She says yes why she was listening to an actual child, I don't know, where these negotiation skills of mine magically came from at this time, I don't know. Um, so I call my dad, he's obviously not happy, and he comes a little while later, and he's like, what? <laughs> <I> go, why, <laughs> why did this happen? Um, And, you know, reasonably so he was, he was pretty unhappy with the situation. He's like, you're, you just turned 16. It's already so expensive with insurance and everything, letting you drive. We report this and it's going to get even more expensive. Like that's not, you know, we don't, we don't have that. So he and I talked to the gas station attendant. Uh, We talk her out of reporting it to the, police and insurance. And she basically just lets me go. She says she'll talk to her manager about it and they'll be in touch. So at this time, I don't really know what <laughs> what the end result is going to be here. I just have a few months of panic. I, in my mind, thought that I was just a fugitive, that at any point, uh, the AM, PM authorities were going to come with a horrible punishment that I either wouldn't be able to drive or that it was going to cost like a ridiculous amount of money or something. So I'm praying every day that I don't get in major trouble, uh, that I don't get my parents in trouble, that it doesn't end up being some super expensive ordeal and a few months pass and we literally don't hear anything about the gas pump. So after those months pass, volleyball season comes and goes. And after volleyball season ends, I start working my first real job. So after my first job, my first two weeks at my first job, I get my paycheck, very first paycheck. And I want to say this paycheck was around maybe $250. It was around $250. And I kid you not, the day I brought my first paycheck home, I had a letter in the mail from AMPM. Um, outlining the damage of the gas pump and sending me a bill for the damage that amounted to $246. Yes, I remember that exact cost. And this was literally in 2005 (laughs) and I still remember that. So naturally, my first paycheck went to paying for the damage to the gas pump that I had hit three months prior. What does this have to do with manifestation? I truly think that I manifested that solution. When I tell you I was a prayer warrior during <laughs> that three-month span uh, that no serious trouble or financial strain would come from that situation, You know, money stress was a big thing in my house and when I was younger, and honestly, still today, I feel this, like my biggest worry is being a burden to my parents and stressing my parents out about money more than they have already stressed about it. And that was just something that weighed really heavily on me at that time. And and if I'm being honest, still does. Um, and the fact that the damage was, frankly, so inexpensive, even though <laughs> looking back on it, I think it should have cost more, um, was truly nothing but grace and favor. Uh, The aligned action that I took was getting a job uh, to be able to kind of create that channel for money to come through and to receive a bill that I had exactly enough money to pay on the day I received the money to pay it. That's, you know, that's nothing but grace and favor. And so that's, you know, one of the examples that I can think of where, wow, I really manifested the solution to that problem. And there's also so many other instances from my childhood where I was just lucky, like just a lucky kid, whether that was winning concert tickets, I would win raffles and, contests and writing contests and I got to go on this really amazing trip to Los Angeles when I was nine years old uh, with a friend of mine and her family to meet Tia and Tamara and that was like the wildest, you know, most amazing thing that planted so many seeds for me. Um, so, so many random little occurrences through my childhood that at the time, I just thought, wow, I'm really lucky. I actually realized we're probably examples of manifesting at a young age that I, I didn't even realize that that was happening. So I started becoming more consciously aware of manifestation in my later 20s. And that was when I was able to truly begin identifying when manifestations were in motion. So a major factor to that was working with Shirin, who was my first guest in the first episode of this series. She was the first manifestation teacher I ever worked with who helped me understand manifestation in a real way. She was someone who I could relate to. She teaches some steps to manifest so beautifully. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, which is episode 124, I highly recommend you do so. It is truly a manifestation masterclass and we walk through Sharin's four steps to manifestation that just make it uh, very real and tangible and doable. So just a little kind of recap from there. (laughs) I first learned the term manifestation in my early 20s by starting to read some kind of woo-woo books. During that time, I realized that I actually had been manifesting my whole life and began kind of identifying instances where I thought I was just lucky um, to being uh, really divine and having favor Um, and then in my late twenties was when I really started understanding manifestation and started becoming more intentional about the practice. Now I'll also say a big catalyst for my manifestation practice was my Saturn return. Um, and next week on the podcast to wrap up the series, we'll be talking to an astrologer and we're going to dive more into the Saturn return and how to navigate it. But essentially your Saturn return occurs when Saturn returns to the position it was in when you were born, which generally happens every 27 to 30 years. So you'll feel it during the ages of, you know, 27 to 30, which is commonly referred to as the quarter life crisis. Again, you know, around 54 to 60, right? Which is in alignment with like a midlife crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So if you think of life as a flight, your Saturn return is like hitting kind of a rough patch of turbulence that shakes things up. It's a time when elements of your world can really get turned upside down things that you thought you wanted don't really hit the same and you're put in a position to explore new desires ideas and ways of being (laughs) let me tell you that's scary when you're going through it Uh, but what my Saturn return really taught me was how to move through resistance and when I learned how to move through resistance and how to cultivate patience when things weren't working out how I thought they would, and I learned how to be open to new possibilities, that was when manifestation really went to the next level for me. And I started really being able to call in things that I wasn't able to call in before. If you're looking to make your hot girl summer even hotter, listen up because today's sponsor Foria, wants you to have really good sex and more of it. And they're here to help. Foria offers plant-powered intimacy products that are designed to support your experiences and enhance your pleasure. Foria is one of my favorite brands because the quality of the products is unmatched and they truly aim to prioritize women's pleasure. Some of their most popular products include their Awaken Arousal Oil, which I love. It's a topical created to heighten arousal and intensify orgasms. Their sex oil to support intimate comfort and their intimacy melts for deeper relaxation. Now, whether you're using these products solo or with a partner, they're really designed to help you unwind and have more pleasurable experiences. When a brand has so many amazing products, it can be hard to know which to try first, which is why I recommend getting Foria's Quickie Kit so that you can try the arousal oil, the sex oil, and intimacy melts for a great value. There's a reason why Foria's products have so many five-star reviews, but you truly have to try them for yourself to really get it. I'm excited to share that Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com balanced or use the code balanced at checkout. That's f-o-r-i-a wellness.com forward slash balanced for 20% off your first order. Again, I recommend checking out their quickie kit so that you can try all of their product all-stars and you can thank me later. So now I wanna talk a little bit more about divine timing and being patient when we're waiting for our manifestations to come through. That was probably the number one question I got when I asked folks on Instagram what they wanted to hear me talk about in terms of manifestation was, how can I be patient when I'm waiting for my manifestations to come through? So sometimes waiting is the hardest part when you're calling something in and that desire is strong, you feel it in your heart, in your bones, but it has not reached your physical reality yet. That can be such a frustrating feeling. And it's something we've all felt right. Working towards something, wanting it so badly, waiting for it to come to fruition. And what I've learned from having manifestations that really take a long time to come through, a lot of that has been about preparation. Um, So I mentioned how when I was nine years old, I took my first trip to Los Angeles. And during that trip was actually a Big part of why I moved here as an adult. When I, you know, touched down at nine uh, here, I just I felt a connection that I couldn't fully understand and articulate. Probably because I was nine, but that I just never really let go of. And so from then on, moving here was such a big goal for me. And there were actually times where I had attempted it or had a plan to, and those plans just did not work out. Right. So. It was one of my life's major manifestations that I'd been calling in since I was nine, and it didn't happen in a real way, like for real, for real, until I was 29. And I tried a couple of times, and things would fall through, or I would get cold feet. And though I really, truly could have moved here much sooner, much sooner than I did under different circumstances, I actually now see why the timing was so important. I could have gone to college down here. I could have applied for jobs down here ages ago and not stopped until I got one, or I could have just moved on a leap of faith and figured it out once I got here. And I honestly have no doubt that I could have done any of those things and it maybe could have worked out, but it. All of those options actually would have been a lot harder than what happened in my real life. Like, I would have been willing my way into it and I would have been forcing it. And that is a little bit different than aligned action. It it likely would have been really hard. And looking back on it, probably wouldn't have been a good outcome. Like when I was in my teens and especially in my early 20s, I was so uncomfortable with who I was that I probably would have gotten into some mess. I probably would have been partying, trying to fit in in spaces that were not for me. I probably would have been spending a lot of money that I didn't have trying to look like I had whatever, looking for approval. Uh, Because when I was in my teens and early 20s, that was who I was. So moving here to go to college or something, I could have done it but I actually probably would have gotten myself in some not so good situations, right? That was how I learned and explored. And I'm grateful to have gone through that phase of life in an environment that was a lot safer and more low key and where there was less potential trouble for me to get into. Versus moving here in my thirties was so seamless. I didn't have to will anything that happened. I had a job that allowed me to work from anywhere, so I chose to work from here. I didn't have to look for an apartment or sacrifice safety. The timing worked out perfectly when I had a friend who was looking for a roommate in a safe, affordable apartment that was available right when I needed it. So moving right after I turned 30, I felt a sense of ease with myself and it was honestly, logistically, not necessarily emotionally, but logistically, very easy, when if I would have forced it a decade prior, it would have been not only hard emotionally, but also hard logistically. It was a natural transition, and I could just be. And that's the difference between manifesting and forcing, right? That difference between willing versus allowing, So when my manifestations are taking time to come through, I see that as time to prepare for what I'm calling in and to be in a space when I can truly enjoy and receive and step into what I'm calling in from an enlightened space. And having a manifestation come through kind of feels like when the pieces fit together like a puzzle piece and I can enjoy what I've called in instead of having to force myself to the bone to maintain it or make it work. And I still have those moments of being really impatient, but now that I've seen it work that way in my own life, that's, that's kind of how I try to affirm of like, I am getting ready to truly receive and enjoy this in a way that is seamless, in a way that feels good. But I also understand that depending on the manifestation you're calling in, that can be a lot easier said than done. If there is a job that you are longing for, income that you need or you are ready for a partner or maybe you are calling in a child or a business opportunity. That thing you so strongly desire, waiting can be hard and it can feel painful. And what has helped me as well is learning to take a step back and learning to see the process itself as the destination, which is kind of my own riff on the phrase that happiness is a journey, not a destination. Seeing the process to getting there as getting there. So while waiting, not putting that final outcome we want on a pedestal or not treating where we are as a means to an end, but allowing ourselves to be where we are and to live fully where we are so that we can get to where it is we want to be. And I felt this in so many ways. I felt this in my career. I've definitely felt it financially. Woo! Uh, we, we're going to have a, a series later this year uh, talking more about finances. So we can get into, into that then. But I felt it in relationships. I felt it with desiring to have a family on my own. I can honestly say these are all things that I've felt my patients wearing thin while calling them in. And in some instances still feeling that way. But during those times when I really feel my patience really, really winding down, um, that's when I realize I'm dismissing and not honoring where I'm at in the space that I'm currently in. And I take a step back to figure out how I can ground where I am to get to where I want to be. So if you're feeling impatient, waiting for your manifestations to come through, I see you, I feel you, I understand. I'm right there with you. I'm also impatient waiting for mine to come through. My best advice is to uncover what you love about who and where you are in this moment. So if you're seeking partnership, is it because you're truly wanting someone to do life with and because you have a surplus of love to give, or is it because you feel lonely? And there's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. It is a feeling that I know very well, but internal loneliness can't be satisfied by external solutions. So from where you are right in this moment, what do you enjoy? What are the moments that leave you feeling less lonely? And how can you savor and enjoy those moments? Taking a step back to focus on those things and ask myself those questions has been really helpful to me over the past few years as I call in um, different manifestations. And there's also the preparation piece. So if your manifestation came and knocked on your door right now, are you ready to take it in and run with it? And it's absolutely okay if the answer is no. I actually have also had this experience lately where I had been manifesting something and calling it in and just desiring, you know, a, a level of commitment for something. And then it low key came and I was like, Oh, (laughs) I am not ready for this. And it doesn't mean that it's going to magically go away, but it means get ready. (laughs) So is there something you can do to get even one step closer to getting ready for what it is you want? Um, and can you enjoy that process as you take each step towards readiness? So that, that is the stuff. And that is the magic. All right, so moving on to kind of the last section of today's conversation, I wanna talk about just manifestation practices and what's worked for me when manifesting. So personally, I found that I've usually been more successful at manifesting um, new settings, surroundings, situations, and solutions to problems than I have been at manifesting material things. Even the times I've manifested money, much like my gas station story, I usually tend to manifest money as a solution to a problem. So the times that I've gotten raises or promotions at work were always, always literally right before personal circumstances required me to bring in more. And sometimes I struggle a little bit with some of the conversations around manifestation when it comes to material things, because I understand where those desires come from, but I also don't want to influence people in that way necessarily, even though as a content creator and influencer, that is part of you know the, the name of the game. It's why so many of the examples that I've given here today were circumstantial Um, because I'm still very much unpacking my own relationships with material and capitalism. And I do think that sometimes there can be a capitalistic tone to manifestation and figuring out that in between of not wanting to promote overconsumption while also not wanting to, talk down on or seem like the desire for things is bad because I don't think it's inherently bad, but I just, I haven't yet figured out what I'm comfortable with in terms of sharing. And I also think that some of that inner conflict and discomfort probably is why I've found myself more successful at manifesting solutions to problems because I still have a lot of my own stuff to unpack around materialism and not viewing it as bad while also being conscious of capitalism and the harm that it does. So I just wanted to kind of throw that, that tidbit out there. But what's been helpful for me is doing that work to truly trust that what I'm calling in or something better is on its way, that the manifestation is a non-negotiable without a shadow of a doubt. But in order to really feel that and believe that, I have found that I've had to feel a sense of peace with the present. And this is closely aligned with the piece about patience that I just spoke about. Uh, but not being so hung up on how things are going to happen. Like as humans, we have limited understandings of what's possible and what's possible for us is so much greater than what we can imagine. So when we get hung up on exactly how things are going to happen, we are limiting the magic because our imaginations have (laughs) tiny limits compared to what is truly possible. Like what's possible doesn't have any limit. So when we're super clear and flexible on what it is we want or how we want to feel, but flexible on the how, that's really, really key. Um, and also not having resistance towards the how while we're on that journey. And being flexible uh, regarding the how has probably been one of my greatest challenges that I'm still actively working towards when it comes to manifestation. I also want to say that through my learnings about human design, I've learned that I am a specific manifester and we've done several episodes on human design. Those will be linked in the show notes. Uh, but when you look up your human design type, you can usually see whether you are a specific or non-specific manifester. Based on my human design, I am a specific manifester, and that means when I'm calling things in, it helps to be very specific about what the desire is, what I want the end result to be, which totally makes sense as to why I got that $250 paycheck uh, when I was about to receive that $246 bill, right? So getting super specific manifesting those specific solutions. So for those of us who are specific manifestors, we have a hard time receiving what we're unclear on and getting really clear on what you want and why you want it can be a helpful practice. If you are a specific manifestor, However, not everyone is a specific manifester, and the fact that we are all designed so differently is amazing. Some people are non-specific manifestors. So for non-specific manifestors, getting clear on what you're calling in is still important, but you may not need to be as detailed specific right as a specific manifester. You may do better being very clear on the essence of what you want to call in while being a bit more flexible on the package that it comes in. So let's walk through an example of how a specific versus a non-specific manifester can manifest and let's use a job as an example. So when calling in a new job, a specific manifester could find more success knowing or writing down the specific position they want the exact salary they want, having a clear picture of the statement of work, a bullet point list of tasks they want to do and clear on the benefits they expect from a place of work. Like how much vacation do you want? (laughs) What medical coverage do you want, right? Uh, What 401k contributions do you want, okay? So for a specific manifester who's calling in a new role, getting clear on those details, that could be super helpful, so, that you're in a better position to receive. But applying this example to a non specific manifester, they may not need to get as granular about it. So, a non specific manifester could be better served by having a general idea of the industry that they want to work in, but maybe don't need to specify the role. Uh, salary range, right? What is the minimum you're willing to accept with room to negotiate and receive more? Getting clear on knowing that you want great benefits, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, <laughs> write down down to the hour how much vacation time you want or whatever. But knowing that you want great benefits that are gonna help you feel taken care of and knowing that you want to enjoy what it is that you do and then being open to the package that that comes in could be really helpful for a non-specific manifestor. For me, as a specific manifester, just thinking about that, I'm like, no. <laughs> I need bullet points, I need details, but someone who's more of a non specific manifester could probably feel too confined by that level of detail and would do better with um, keeping their options open a little bit more. So that's why the methods or uh, what we ask for can really vary depending on our design. And I definitely recommend checking out your human design type if you have not already to see if you are a specific or non specific manifester, because that can be really helpful. All right, my friend, those are my solo thoughts about manifestation, my experiences with it practices that I use for it, ways that I remind myself to be patient as we are calling things in. And I would love to hear your manifestation stories. If you want to share them, you can head to our latest post on Instagram at Podcast um, and leave a comment sharing one of your manifestation stories so that we can celebrate with you um, those beautiful things that you call in that are yours. And make sure you head to the show notes for more resources and information to everything mentioned in this episode. I want to send a huge thank you to our sponsors for supporting the podcast. It really helps with production, keeping things going. I want to thank you for tuning in and for sharing this space with me. And next week we are wrapping up the manifestation and inner magic series with an astrology deep dive. We're going to be talking about the astrology of the next few months in 2022, how we can use astrology to manifest and how to navigate our Saturn return. So make sure you are subscribed so that you can catch the episode as soon as it drops. Thank you again for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week.